Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Fika with Arctic Eric. Yeah, this is Arctic Eric, and you're here with me at the kitchen table as we continue to look at Romans chapter 8 in the New International Version. I want to thank you for joining me, not only today, but every time that we have an opportunity to meet. I really appreciate it, and I hope that this encourages you and strengthens you, uh, enriches you, and that the transformation in your life continue by the power of the person of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Okay, which is, let's see, this is part number five, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 30, out of the New International Version. In verse 26, we read, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. Okay, let's break this verse down just a little bit. It begins as this whole chapter with an emphasis on this person of the Holy Spirit. And we know that all who have surrendered, all who have capitulated, all who have turned to God and trust Christ alone are in fact those in whom the person of the Holy Spirit dwells. So this Holy Spirit helps us, and I think it's good for us to remember that in John, three times in John, the Holy Spirit is referred to as our helper. It's marvelous that God doesn't call us into this grace race and call us into trusting his son Jesus and then leave us to work out this Christianity ourselves. No, he says, Jesus said, it's good for you that I leave because I'll send you the Holy Spirit and he'll not only be with us, but he will be in us, he will work transformation in us, and he will work through us in accordance with Scripture. So the Holy Spirit, the Helper, helps us in our weakness. So let's look at what Paul has to say about this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it's uh, verses 1 to 10, very well known by some of you. It's about uh, Paul and his vision and his thorn in the flesh. And he closes it out in verse 10 with saying, For when I am weak, then I am strong. What is, that, what is that referring to? Well, it's referring to that God wants to show himself strong on your behalf. That God is not asking you to depend upon your own strength, but that in fact you can acknowledge, you can be honest and open and transparent and say, God, I just can't do this, this which you're asking. But God, I know that when I am weak and dependent upon you, then you, God, strengthen me with your power and your might. Paul also writes in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Listen, we don't depend on our own strength and ability for kingdom realities. No, we trust the King, the Lord, the Christ, and his mighty power. And we know that his power is in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, 
that his power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, is in us through that same Holy Spirit. Okay, now, he goes on to say that, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. And some of you are thinking, well, yeah, I do know some of the things that God wants me to pray for. Of course, there are clear instructions in Scripture to pray to the Lord of the harvest, for example, that we're to pray for one another, but we don't always know what to pray for one another. One scripture that I want to lift out right here is where Jesus says, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. But I want to read the whole verse out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. And this is out of the New King James Version. Jesus is speaking to us. He says, do the impossible. I added that. He says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Listen, all of us have been through challenges to forgive. And one of the litmus tests in my life to know if I have forgiven someone, which is an act of the will, feelings may follow, but it's an act of the will, then there boils up in me, there comes in me from that love of God that's shed abroad in my heart by the person of the Holy Spirit to love that person, to bless that person. And if I hear something's gone amiss in their life, to do good to them, to help them, to strengthen them, and not to rejoice in their struggle, not to rejoice in the, what I might want to think is the consequence of what they did to me. No. I want to love them, bless them, do good for them, and pray for them. And for me, and I hope for you, it can be a litmus test for you to know if you've truly forgiven. Again, it isn't because you feel it. It's because God enables you to do it. Okay, so Paul does talk a good bit about praying for him, praying for the harvest, Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. So there are specific things, of course, that we can pray for. For kings and all those in authority, you know that verse very, very well. Okay, so this must be dealing with things that we don't know God wants us to pray for. There is so much we do not know. But all wisdom and knowledge is hidden where? It's hidden in Christ Jesus, but revealed to us. Who is the us? Those who are trusting him. Those who are spending time with him in Scripture. He will reveal great things to us about what he has done, what he desires to do, and what he wants to do today. So the Holy Spirit knows and prays for us with groanings we cannot express in words. Think about that. When we don't know how to pray, when we just admit, okay, I've heard about this problem and I understand uh, what this individual is saying and what they're asking for prayer for, but Holy Spirit, you need to get in the middle of this prayer situation. I need to know that you're not only praying for me and Christ at the right hand of the Father is praying for me, but you want me to pray for others. You want to enable me to pray for others by your Spirit so that I'm working with your Holy Spirit 
in prayer. Totally remarkable. God, the helper in us, to help us at all times in all things, that his kingdom, his control might come in our lives and through our lives. Okay, let's go on here now. Verse 27, quite interesting. It says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit's saying, for the Spirit pleads for we who believe, for us believers, in harmony with God's own will. Okay, I think we need to, to break it down. Let's just take the first part of verse 27 here in Romans chapter 8, out of the New International. And the Father who knows all hearts. Listen, God knows my heart. And I've come to understand that apart from what God has done in the transformation of my heart, that my heart is deceitful. And apart from his working, it's beyond cure. I can't fix me. One translation says, the heart is desperately wicked. That is what? That's, that's the part of my life, the old part of my life, the old nature, the old lusts of the flesh, that I cannot change, but God wants to change. God wants to change my heart. He wants to change my mind, and he wants to change yours. It, the Lord is the one who searches the heart and examines our mind, our thoughts. So it's okay to admit, help me, Lord. Help me, because you know my heart. You know the struggles in my heart. You know the thoughts of my heart. And the Holy Spirit knows. And he prays for us. He pleads for us. In what way? According to our wishes and dreams and desires? No. He prays much better than that. We don't know how to pray as we should. We don't even know what to ask God for. But he, the Holy Spirit, will pray for you and for me according to God's own will. And we know that God's will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Paul wrote that in Romans chapter 12. God's will for your life is good, pleasing, and perfect according to the way God sees good, pleasing, and perfect. So we want to spend time in Scripture to know how God sees those three important definers of his will for your life. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And we know that God's goodness, for example, brings us to repentance. We know that faith pleases God, and we know that God's will is perfect. He wants us to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Let's break it down. Now, we most, most of us have heard, possibly, if, if you are a believer and you, you've been taught and uh, read your Bible, that uh, all things work together for good to those who love God. And a lot of people put a period there, but it goes on to say, those who are called according to his purpose for them, those who love God will obey God through the power of the Holy Spirit. They'll keep his commandments through the power of the Holy Spirit, and they will seek his purpose for their life. That's right. 
those who seek his purpose for their life, to walk with him in his plan, in in the things he prepared ahead of time that we would walk with him in. This relationship with God, this causing everything to work together, is part of walking with him. That thing which he desires to do is to not only live in you, but to walk with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me and he is with you. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them, verse 29, to become like his son. Listen, God chose you to become like his son, like the person you have been recreated to be. The you that is not hindered continually by sin. The you that is being transformed into the image of the dear son. That Christ is being formed on the inside of you. Why? So that his son, Jesus, the firstborn, would would be the brother of many, many, many. God wants many brothers and sisters for his son. So he wants us to become like him. Verse 30, And having chosen chosen them, which them, the them to become like his son, and having chosen them to become like his son, he called them to come to him. Listen, he's calling every day. He didn't just call you once and you capitulated and said yes to Jesus. Now, that's a great start. That's a necessary start. That's an absolute start. But he calls us daily to himself. He draws us continually to himself. He wants to draw us to himself primarily through Scripture. If you're not hungry for the word of God, well, then say, God, please work in me, draw me, put a hunger and thirst in me for your righteousness, which is in Christ. And I will find out more about that, Father, as you reveal it to me through Scripture by the indwelling Holy Spirit. And having called us, having called them, having called you and me, he has given them right standing with himself. You are right with God because you answered the call. You heard the gospel. You heard the good news. You acknowledged that you were lost and undone without hope in the world and that you needed Christ as your Lord and King and Savior. And having given them right standing, he gave them glory. Listen, you have received a right standing with God. You are right with God. God declares this day you have peace with with him and grace from him, that grace that keeps you in the race. Well, I went way over time today. I can see I'm approaching 15 minutes. We're going to close it down right now here at the kitchen table. But again, I want to thank you for being here. I say God bless you today. Good day.